episode 58 of Yelling About Comics. This week, we're talking about Marvel's Phase 4 and what we've been reading. I'm Jen Bozier. And I'm Carrie Honey. And this is Yelling About Comics, where we very rarely yell, but are always opinionated. Spoiler warning, if you've been reading along with any of the comics that we read, we will be discussing them from start to finish in great detail. It's been a few weeks this episode, but if you haven't yet read your comics and you know that we're reading them, maybe come back to this after you've read them. With that, shall we dive in? It's been a few weeks after Comic-Con to talk about Marvel's Phase 4. Boy, it's... It's a thing. It's a thing. It's full of stuff. Um, so, yeah, starting off, I guess, with uh, May 2020, we have Black Widow, the prequel movie, which is... And apparently, did you see the talent they have associated with it? They have Rachel Vice, who I love. Absolutely love anytime Rachel Vice shows up. And David Harbour, which he's kind of a thing right now. Um, but it's a prequel. Well, yeah. And- because she's she's dead, dead dead like not alternate universe dead although but again and we had we had this conversation whenever we mentioned bioshock infinite it's infinite universes so there's a universe in which she's alive somewhere i promise you and um anyways that aside so the prequel for black widow because a bunch of people were clamoring to know more. i love black widow i think she's a great character i love when she shows up in fact i would argue that she's She's really great in Endgame, too, because she's the glue that holds everyone together, right? And it's such a character progression from her, for her from since Iron Man 2, right? Where she's just, like, I'm just a straight up, like, all basically a mercenary. Mm-hmm. So it's this really neat character progression for her. But I, I guess I just wasn't, like, I really want to know what happened to her. Because I think what they're building off of, of course, is from... Um, Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron, yes, when they do, when Scarlet Witch kind of tampers with her memories. Tell us really all the history I needed about her. Yeah. Um, now, I was really cool with an idea of the Black Widow movie during Phase 3. Because I thought it was going to be, you know, her as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Because I think there's yeah. stories there that could be really, really fascinating. Very much so. I, I like how they showed her backstory in Age of Ultron. I really do. I thought that was brilliant, brilliant, bleh, brilliantly done. Right. I think that by expounding on that, it's not going to be good. It's. I guess I just don't know what else we need to know about her. Like, she came across the Winter Soldier once. She's killed a bunch of people. But, and again, yes, I know that we're now in a world that has infinite universes, so you can't, like, there's no such thing as plot holes anymore. Because in this universe, that's what happened, right? Because that's my first thought is I'm like, all you're going to do is just introduce new plot holes and questions. But in a world of infinite universes, there are no plot holes or questions. And so, I don't know. I'm I'm really meh on this. I'm with you. I would have loved to have seen something with her phase two, phase three. Which I think they originally, they said that they kind of had a script. That was the plan. Yeah. And then it just never quite happened. Although, to be fair, uh, the Inhumans was also part of the Phase 3 plan. And no one's missing that. No. Well, and also, let's not forget New Mutants still hanging out there. So I love the people that they have associated with it. Um, But... Yeah, I guess I'm just, I'm, oh, it was my reaction. 
Oh, okay. Um, and then that fall, though, you're going to have Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That could be good. You only say that because Sebastian Stan is very easy to look at for an hour and a half. As well as Anthony Mackie. Yes. Yes, and I, would not, I would not kick either of them out of bed for eating crackers. And they're dynamic. I like... I do too. I like the two characters' dynamic. Um, so my favorite scenes from Civil War is the two of them bickering. It's Yes! Yeah, it's... <laughs> they have a very... They both have this very easy camaraderie between them in the car. Right. Which was a little surprising to me. In fact... I think we even made this conversation. I think we or they had this conversation forever ago, but they almost had an easier dynamic than I felt Steve and Bucky did. Not that I think anybody doesn't get along with Chris Evans, but well, I felt like those two were just like, ah, with the bickering friends. I liked it. But except that I don't think they were bickering friends. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> they No, they were not it, even a little bit. It was, but it was all, great. It was it almost like, you know, where you have like, here's my old best friend, you're gonna meet my new best friend. Now we're all gonna be best friends, and then the other best friends are like, nah. Right. And the Falcon and Winter Soldier is supposed to pick up right after Endgame. So I mean literally drive it home there that, you know, Steve got all old on us, huh? All right. I see how it is. Yeah, exactly. So I'm guessing like right after he gets the shield. Which doesn't surprise me because the comics kind of had that as as well, you know, and I always had a feeling that they were going to kind of make it uh, eventually where he and Bucky would almost they would each have a turn with the shield, mainly because they kind of hinted that in Civil War when Bucky when Bucky picked up the shield and was just as ab able to fling it around the way Steve is. And um, and then, you know, Steve passing Falcon the shield. um. It's almost kind of shield bros. Like, just these, you know, I love the three of them. Just even in yeah. the comics. Just the three guys who ever carried the shield. It, it's fantastic. And I, you know, to be totally honest, this movie could be complete shit, but I'll be happy because it's got Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan. And I like those two characters a lot. I do too. And I, I think we both agreed that Falcon deserved the shield so much more. Oh, 100%. I was so, I was actually, when he when he comes show, shows up old, I actually had a moment where I was like, don't you dare give it to Bucky. <laughs> so when he gave it to Falcon, ah! Yeah, but there was a moment that where Bucky, he was one who noticed him first. Mm -hmm. And he was, you know, they tell him, he's like, no, look. So Bucky didn't go over to Steve first. It was Sam. Which, I think I read... I don't know if it was confirmed or if it was just like a theory that maybe Steve warned Bucky somewhere in the past about this or something like this. I have no idea. But okay. Well, so, he's being tortured. I have no idea. But so you have that. So it, it goes Black Widow, Falcon and Winter Soldier. So Black Widow, I'm kind of like, hmm, nah. Falcon and Winter Soldier, huh, maybe. And then they're ending the year out with the Eternals. I um, I don't profess to be some expert in Marvel comics. I, I really don't. I admit I have my niches and I kind of stay within those niches. I have never fucking heard of the Eternals. Yeah. Same. And I've heard of a lot of random 
Marvel stuff. Like, yeah, Moon Knight and I forget the name of the kid with the red dinosaur. I mean, I got all that. I don't know what this is. Yeah. Uh, Devil or Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Yeah. No, I same. So again, I'm not a Marvel Comics expert. My knowledge of DC is definitely a little deeper than Marvel, but I feel as though I don't know. I feel like I'm part of the comic book pop culture zeitgeist like enough that me to cue Raven that is obscure. I don't (laughs) I don't know why. I mean, I, I do know why. I do know why they decided to go with this. With the death, death, with air quotes, of the Avengers, right? And the Guardians being in kind of a different place. And the Guardians, they took this. I, I think they're trying to recapture the lightning in the bottle of the Guardians, where they took this super obscure team. And people do seem to like the ensemble pieces. I think we're kind of used to that. So I'm thinking they're hoping that they can take another obscure ensemble piece and make it explode but the thing that's interesting to me is that it's going to have Richard Madden uh, Selma Hayek and Angelina Jolie which I feel like at this point is just people being like can we please get in on this Marvel stuff we heard it's so hot right now it's so hot Like I mean Glenn Close was in it so I mean can I get in on this Glenn Close was random but fabulous. Oh. So fabulous. Annette Benning? Okay. Flawless. Random? Amazing. Perfect. She's so great as the Supreme Intelligent. Well, Michael Douglas? Perfect. Michelle Pfeiffer? Oh. That that shocked the shit out of me. Yeah. Kurt Russell? (laughs) Does Kurt Russell shock you, though? Yes, actually. Um, I mean, like, I kept waiting for Tom Selleck to appear, you know, somewhere in somewhere in this. If you say his name three times, he'll appear. I mean, because... mustache. I mean, you got I mean, Michael Douglas and Kurt Russell, who are two of, like, some of the biggest leading men in the 90s romance and 90s comedy movies. Oh, yeah. To see them in this, and both looking like they were having the most fun they've ever ever has especially michael douglas oh my god he, every time oh, yeah. I, every time i watch any of the ant-man movies he cracks me up um yeah. but even kurt russell like kurt russell he was almost playing himself <laughs> in so many ways pretty much i mean he shows up and you're just like yeah this makes total sense but who else would you have cast as ego well as ego but also star lord's dad right chris pratt's father yeah i mean so, I was like, oh, I would have thought from my good looks, <laughs> you would have known exactly who it was. He was still adorable. It would but, have been funny though if it was David Hasselhoff. <laughs> I loved when David ha- when he turns into David Hasselhoff and David Hasselhoff singing the song. But yes. I don't. So Richard Madden, okay, you're getting that 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 Game of It Thrones action, right? Because people have really good memories with Game of Thrones. Anyways, yeah, I see. You could name. Every actor in there, I would have no clue in so Game of Thrones. So one of the things that's interesting to me is it has Gemma Chan in it. She's Minerva from Captain Marvel. Oh, okay. Yeah. Why Is that why we never hung out? I just didn't like you. <laughs> yeah, that lady. So that's interesting, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So I guess that's going to be like the tie-in to the younger group of people. I don't know. Selma Hayek and I love Selma Hayek. I really want to make that clear right now. Selma Hayek because again, I'm a product of the '90s. Yes, Selma Hayek can do no no wrong, and the woman's aging flawlessly. It just seems seriously. Kind of weird. I just I don't know. Maybe Richard Madden's going to be the draw that people like. I go see the one with the Game of Thrones kid. I don't know. It's a weird hodgepodge, especially for something you've never heard of. Along those lines, they're also having Shang-Chi in the Legend of the Ten Rings, which, again, I've never heard of. I had no idea who this was. I No, but the internet went nuts over it. They were so excited. So They did. So I'm assuming it's something yeah. awesome. And they right? were excited about the casting. So, oh, okay. So I'll just... I'll... There's only one person, but it's a, it's a person who, from, uh, I can't think of his name. Damn it, can't think of his name right now. But I do know who the person is. So now I'm gonna have to look it up on Ants. It also has Aquafina in it, who I'm like. See, and that could be one of oh, those yeah. ones that, you know, I watch on Netflix like I did with Doctor Strange. Because mm-hmm. I was just like, I don't want to see this movie. I like I know who Doctor Strange is. That's like the big difference, but I right. don't know enough about him to really care. Then we saw it on Netflix, and I was like, well, I'm buying this shit. Um this could be one of those. So it has a guy who I love. His name is, um, I'm going to butcher his name. I know it's um, Tony Chiu-Wai Long. Okay. He is a Hong Kong-born actor. And so when we lived in China, he was huge. He was everywhere. Mm. And so, and I always kind of had a crush on him because I was a teenager, right? And, you know, that's where you start to get your stuff. And then he was in most famously he was in a movie called um infernal affairs back in the early aughts which is kind of a cult classic so but when i started seeing him like show up like in more recent stuff and some western things i was like oh my god it's the hot guy from my teen years (laughs) he was probably also aging very well yes he is he's gonna play the mandarin but i cannot think of the name of the movie for the life of me so this is gonna be about like the mandarin Yes. Like the real Mandarin? The real Mandarin. Okay. Yeah. So he's in it. And um, Simu Liu is the name of the guy who, and he's in a show called um, Kim's Convenience, which is apparently very, very popular with some people. So they're very excited about him. But um, yes, this will actually be the Mandarin, which I feel, I actually, I think I was in the minority. I didn't like Iron Man 3 that much, but I actually did like with, the Mandarin with Sir Ben Kings. He's like, I'm just an actor, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually kind of like that. But so that's, I guess, cool. Yeah. Uh, and then stuff gets a little weird. We well, have WandaVision. Is that a movie or is that a show? A show, I think. And one of the things that they really stressed during Comic Con was that unlike. The last, the first three phases of MCU, where the TV show was very divorced from the movies, this is going to be very intrinsically linked because Disney's got to encourage people to subscribe to their service. Well, I mean, Agents of Shield is actually pretty linked as 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 well. Um, 
stuff that happened in the show did not affect the movies by any means. Right, but stuff right. that happened in the movies directly affected stuff that ha- that happened in the show. And honestly, with um, uh, it w- was it no, it was not Civil War. It was um, when Winter Soldier, Windshield collapsed. Is that Winter Soldier oh, or Civil yeah. War? Winter Soldier. Okay. The show actually started the groundwork for that. Right. And led up to Civil War and then everything changed, you know, for, for the show. And Samuel L. Jackson, Samuel L. Jackson actually came back and did a lot of cameos on the show. Oh, and that's I think good. and I think but I think that kind of ended when they realized that they we weren't going to do an inhumans branch because right. that's where they were going. And then after when they brought Ghost Rider in and I just was like I I I can't deal. I can't. Not only that, but they got rid of Mockingbird and f- screw you. She's the best character you guys had on that show. Anyway, so they had some tie-ins, but not like what it sounds like what they're doing here. Right. Well, that's so that's the thing is that you've always said that it was pretty well tied in. Mm-hmm. So I can't I can't imagine what this is going to mean because they did. They said that in one of the press releases that, look, these are going to be very much they're going to be very much a part of one another, unlike previous. So I can't even imagine it must like literally like things that like, they, they're, it's going to have to tie in way more than previous. Like, I don't even know what that would mean, but I'm excited for this one. This is the only thing that I was like, oh, because I really, in Infinity War, I really liked Wanda and Vision together. And I loved the idea of them having this relationship and trying to make this work. And that was probably one of my, like, I was upset that Gamora wasn't there. I was very upset by that. But I was also very upset that Vision didn't come back. And Wanda, Wanda's had a bit of a rough go of things. So I just wanted her to be happy. And lost also, her brother, lost her boyfriend. Yeah, after being abused by an AI and, you know, surviving an awful war. And just, it just wasn't, overall, just wasn't great. <laughs> you know? But I really like Elizabeth Olsen, too. Mm-hmm. And I really like what she's doing, which phrases you never thought you would say. There was actually something on Reddit a while ago. They were talking about posts that didn't age well. And there was a there was a meme from like five or six years ago where they were like, if you ever feel, feel irrelevant, remember that Ashley and Kate have a twin, a sister named Elizabeth that nobody knows about. So, like, whoops. But I really like her. I really like Paul Bettany too. Mm-hmm. So I'm, is it going to make me subscribe? No. <laughs> Topped out, thanks. Um, but I am at least interested about that. And apparently the events of that are going to lead directly to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Ah, crap. Which they're billing as being the first horror movie in the MCU. Well, I I guess it could be. I mean, there's elements of Doctor Strange that are pretty downright terrifying. Oh, yeah. Well, and especially if you're dealing with the multiverse, there's all kinds of crazy things you can bring in there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, that one I mean, it has to be family friendly horror because this is still right. This is well, we're going to have to have Mordo come back, right? I think. Yes. Yes. Think so. <laughs> well, in wait, was that Mordo? Wait, what's his face? 
Oh my god, you know, the guy that Chew and All Asia for played. Yeah, Mordo. Thank you. I, all of a sudden I was like, wait, is that him? Yeah. He has to come back because he's like integral and he's well, unhappy. He is unhappy and he's out to take away magic from everybody. So, oh, oh, maybe he should meet um, whatever's going on in Justice League Dark, you know. They could all take magic away together. Well, I just got to face people. All right, so. I thought we were friends. <laughs> anyway. So we got Doctor Strange. I'm looking forward to that. It's mainly because um, I do like Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, yeah. I love Benedict Wong. I love Juvenile Asia 4. Oh my gosh, Benedict Wong. Yes. <laughs> He's so wonderful. He is so uh, wonderful. It doesn't have him. Well, if you guys have never watched some of the uh, gag reel and outtakes from Infinity War, you need to because Benedict Wong has quite a few of them and he makes everybody laugh. Well, now IMDb obviously is probably not entirely updated yet because, but I think Benedict Cumberbatch, I think they have Doctor Strange on his already. No, they don't actually. So never mind. I was like, eh, it's not showing Chew It All Asia for for that, but there you go. Um, Yes, I that one intrigues me. Loki. Oh, about that one. That's a TV show. Yeah, but it's got Tom Hiddleston. You know, I think I'm in the minority that I don't find him that attractive, and I like him as Loki. I really do. But I wasn't really that in like when Loki died. I was kind of like, oh, that makes sense. Like so, one of the things and I think we've talked about this before is that they were kind of retiring those phase one dudes, mm -hmm. right? And kind of to make way for the next, except for Thor and Loki. And for some reason, just Loki taking the Tesseract and disappearing. That and again, I know it's a multiverse, and so now there's all these alternate timelines and blah 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 blah. But that really frustrated me when it happened. That was the first time I had a face palm in the theater. Cause I was like, and there it is. They've already broken one rule. They already have a problem. They've already done the thing that they promised that they wouldn't do to the ancient one. Cause that was her big thing was to not make diverse, divergent timelines and alternate universes. I mean, never mind the fact that she talked to Doctor Strange before she died about all the different timelines that she's seen and she's tried to prevent doesn't matter uh, at least at least you kept it still just one so we had that so I'm like oh so I guess Loki's not gonna be a good guy or a good ish guy I don't well right because at the end like in the end before Ragnarok they definitely give him a redemption arc right where he's like okay maybe I will try and be good but that's not where the point that he's in mentally at Avengers no he's that's pissed like four years later He's still just like, yes, I can become a king somewhere and a god. So I'm not, yeah, I, I guess that's one thing that I'm not too sure on. Um, I didn't want to talk about what if. Because that's just like. I don't be, even know what that is. So it's going to be a show in which they do, I don't know if it's going to be animations or skits or what, but like little like, like what happened if Loki were given Thor's hammer? Oh, and, you know what? Forget it. Not interested. 
Yeah, as I said, like, what? Um, and then you have the Hawkeye show, which is going to be about his time as Ronin. Don't care. So that's, oh, God. What, that's, like, what is there to say about his time as Ronin? He went around killing people he thought were bad? Well, so he's going to have five years of time to dick around in, right? Because there's five years that mm. he's Ronin. Or I don't know what, at what point he becomes Ronin, but I'm guessing that at least, you know, three or four years. And so, but I mean, it'll also open the gateway for them to bring back, oh, there's going to be all kinds of drama because, you know, the people who are disappeared, which I'm like, I hope they remember who all they disappeared. It'll also give them an excuse that Nat could every now and then come in and I guess be like, yo, I stop exist. killing people. Yeah, I exist. Or like her just trying to find him. Because remember, they talk about how they keep trying to hunt him down. Um, I don't know. That's I, I love Jeremy Renner. Right. I absolutely love him. But mm, but I have no interest in Ronan. I have no interest in it either. Like that just seems a it seems a weird push to get people again to watch your shows. And then the last thing that they have well no actually it's not the last thing. The second to last thing that they have is of course Thor Love and Thunder, which it has the same director from uh Thor Ragnarok. Which is a plus. Have you seen the poster? No. If you go to IMDb, the poster that they have, it legit looks like the She-Ra font. <laughs> That's kind of funny. I mean, like, Ragnarok kind of had, you know, that 80s. It had the 80s things going, so I think they're going to continue that. Which has me... So on one hand, I'm like, well, that could be interesting. But on the other hand, I don't, I don't really care. See, Ragnarok worked as 80s because Ragnarok's story the comics itself was over the top 80s yes um oh my god it does look like Shira. right and Chris Hemsworth's going to be in it and Valkyrie I'm guessing I'm wondering if they do I'm wondering if they're going to do the TV show or the comic storyline which is where he becomes unworthy and drops the hammer and then or if he just maybe he just gifts it to her and is like why don't you do this now because I'm going off with the guardians um I I just don't have that much interest in Thor Jane Foster Thor and I think maybe it's because the sentient hammer just left such a bad taste in my mouth even if they don't do this, even if like they could come out and be like, "Don't worry, we're not going to do the Sentient Hammer thing." Well, she I had a voice cameo in Endgame, Portman. Yeah, she no, she had a, uh, that cameo because remember she's in the um, she's they have to go and extract the thing from her, and you see her get up off that bed. Right, 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 right. Yep. I actually didn't think it was her. I thought it was just video. I thought it was reused footage too, but nope. They got her back for that one scene, which, so when we were on vacation, we showed our daughter, uh, Major League. Okay. That's what, like the, yeah, one of our favorite, old favorite. And, uh, the love interest being Thor's mom kind of blew my daughter's mind. Well, she was young once. Right. You know, I was like, look, he's chasing Thor's mom. We definitely deserve better. But, um, so... I guess I don't I don't really understand I don't 
I guess I don't, I'm not sure how this is fitting. Um, but yeah. since Mjolnir is gone, um, unless well, this is an alternate universe thing. I was to say, in one timeline it's gone. Well, no, because remember at the end, they're using it. Steve's wielding it. Because oh, he right. picks it up and he's like, I knew it! Oh, right, uh, right. Yeah, because remember he catches it when he goes back in time. Which apparently he never returns it, so then how did he have... Oh my god, I've gone cross-eyed. Just don't. Um, Just don't. Sorry. It's all sunshine and rainbows up here today, guys. Um, so, okay. I just don't understand. I guess I kind of figured at the end of that, because at the end of Endgame, Thor goes off with the Guardians of the Galaxy, and Valkyrie's like, all right, I'm taking over. Mm-hmm. Make some changes around here. I kind of liked it because I thought that then Valkyrie was going to step up into that. Okay, now I'm the leader of the people. But if you bring back Thor, which I thought Natalie Portman didn't even like being in these movies. I just was reading the IMDb and I was saying that she didn't like it. So Maybe they promised her, but you'll get your own movie. And she's like, oh, yeah, well, then I'll, I'll, I'll come back for that. Um, so, look, I, I do not dislike... When the Jane Foster Thor. I liked the comic Jane Foster Thor for a long time until it went all Thor. And that's just and that had nothing to do with Jane Foster Thor. It just made me realize I don't like the Thor comic in general. Um I don't think Natalie Portman is very good in nerd movies. No. At all. Um Can I be like can we real talk for one second? Sure. Because I just lost my train of thought, so go for it. I have never actually seen her in a movie that I liked her in. Like, everybody, I'm trying to think if there was. And I know that some people are going to be like, oh, but what about Black Swan? What about it? I didn't see it, so I can't comment. Ugh. The only one that I think, and I don't count, um, I don't count Leon, the professional, because she's like 12. I also don't count Heat. Because again, she's like twelve. Um, I've never really liked her in any of the movies she's been in. I've never like I don't not like her. I'm just very like actually there have been movies where I'm like why her and yeah like we watched that uh, what was that one movie that like everybody was going friggin' nuts about in the early aughts. Jude Law and Clive Owen and Julia Roberts closer. Hmm. Yeah, the whole time like she would show up, like it was a really good movie, and then all of a sudden she would show up, and I'd be like, "Oh, that's done." I, yeah, I, it's probably just a me thing, but I have just, I've also never liked Viggo Mortensen. So like when everybody was tripping over themselves for Aragorn, I was like, "Why though?" No, so. I have weird taste. I totally admit this, but yeah, I. No, it's okay. I kind of have a thing against Amy Adams, so. Well, I like Amy Adams. I yeah. Just, yeah. But, yeah, I was. The whole thing. She didn't really like being in Thor. I guess I just don't really like her that much as an actress. And, as to your point, like, I feel like they're really gonna have to lean into the Thor mythos at this point. And, I'm not sure I love that either. Well, I guess, I guess I'm just going to need you to see a little bit more of how they're going to frame this. Right. Um, is 
because I kind of like the idea of Thor, be, you know, going off the Asgardians of the galaxy. I kind of, I kind of like that, and that's what mm-hmm. really seemed was going to happen. And you know, like I said, Valkyrie taking over. So is this going to be an alternate universe? So we don't have Fat Thor, and um, right? Is this is this an alternate universe where he becomes unworthy? Right. Because remember, in the beginning of the comics, uh, Nick Fury says something to him. He drops the hammer. Yes. And then Jane picks it up. And, yeah. I still don't know how She goes to the dark side of the moon. Right. And picks it up. Because, as one does, Right, because people just travel there. I was going to say, I know that you walk marathons. Shit. Why not go to the moon? Valid. I don't know why I haven't thought of that sooner. (laughs) It's the next marathon on the moon. Um, That'd be the easiest marathon ever. Since there's there's no... The gravity's pretty low. (laughs) Right? Amazing. Um, And then, finally, they have... This was so weird, because they say it, like, so offhandedly at the end of this press conference... They have Blade with Mahershala Ali, who I feel so torn on because on one hand, I love Mahershala Ali. The guy is an amazing actor. He has screen print. I think I've said this before. He reminds me of uh, young Sidney Poitier and that mm-hmm. like every time he's on screen, you're like, I want to listen to what this man is saying. He just has this presence. Yeah. And um, I love Blade. I even love and defend the late 90s movie because it, it came out at, you know, it was one of those things when I saw it, I was like, oh, and Wesley Snipes was so good at his blade and Wesley Snipes fought so hard to get that movie made. And so I know that he's given his blessing, but it seems weird to be remaking this movie from like the late 90s. So I'm like, oh, you know, Wesley Snipes is still like alive and shit. Like, yeah, but he's old. He's old. I know. He's also had some problems. Um, like Hollywood cares about that. Please. It's it's just the IRS. Um, they don't care about that either. No. And, uh, it just seemed kind of weird. It's like, oh, okay. But Blade is straight up a horror character. So it's kind of, they have Dr. Strange moving into the horror genre and then you're going to have Blade, which is very horror. See, I never got into Blade. Um, I've seen the, I, I've seen the movie and I'm just kind of, and, but I'm not, it's very bloody movie. Oh my God. And it just seemed to me got to a point, especially the very beginning that the dance club, it just was bloody for bloody sake. And I'm just, I just couldn't get into that. And I'm not into vampires. So yeah, it just... That was like the last time I was really into vampires. I think that movie was like arguably one of the modern ones that kind of I was like, and I'm done with this now. And it really, it wasn't Blade. It was, um. Well, the Blade came out before or after Interview with the Vampire. Oh, after. Blade comes out in 98. Um. Okay. I was allowed to purchase a ticket to that. It's rated R, so it was a really good deal. Um. And so. I really like that one. Um, Blade 2. I have a soft spot for Blade 2. Um, I will kind of defend it a little bit. Blade Trinity. Sean liked Blade 2. He will not discuss Blade Trinity. 
you know, in hindsight, it was the start of, um, it was the start of, uh, Ryan Reynolds shtick. Um, but yeah, I actually kind of have a soft spot for Blade 2, but Blade Trinity was kind of the one where I was like, I'm done with vampires now. Thanks. We're done. <laughs> we're done. Hard pass. Um, so I, I guess because I just have such a, such an affection for these movies that I'm like, <gasps> but then again, it can only go up with who they've casted it. And I think they cast somebody else in it too, I thought. But I could be wrong. But that's kind of exciting. Also, I would sit around and watch Mahershala Ali read in the dictionary for a while. <laughs> He's a striking dude, I'm telling you. Um, but I guess, so, I don't know about you, but I read, so at the end of Comic-Con, because it's been a few weeks because we were on vacation, um, it's the summer, people. I got to the end of the, the um, announcements and I felt very underwhelmed. So coming back from vacation, I was like, oh, you know, now there'll be more information. Because like when we were reading it up about it, we were like, oh my God, like we literally just missed this by like a couple of hours when we podcast last. And I'm still very underwhelmed. So I had to think about it for a while because a part of me is also wondering if I'm feeling this way because Endgame just kind of ended things really sourly for me. And I hate that. Right. I really do hate that. Um, and then maybe that's why I'm just kind of not down on it. But I'm really thinking what the big problem is, is that they brought in and they brought it in far from home. I haven't seen far from home. My kids have, they won't shut up about it. I haven't um, seen it yet either. Huh? I haven't seen it yet either. Yeah, Gabe, he's talking about how Mysterio is the best good guy ever, and it's, like, really hurting my brain. Um, but, you know, because they introduced the idea, they really bring in the idea of multiverse and far from home. We all know I hate the multiverse. You can laugh that, why do you still read Marvel and DC if you hate the multiverse? Well, the answer is because I hate myself, too. All right, just, just get off my back. All right, get all the way off. <laughs> get, get all the way off my back. And I can only take so much of the multiverse, but when you get me bring the movies into it, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm just beaten down, and and I'm out. Well, and I think you and I have always said that one of the reasons that we really liked the MCU, and I think you can probably go back to some of our older podcasts like after we were watching movies, is that they really did clean up the Marvel Universe and they mm -hmm. condensed a lot of the stuff and they picked and they pulled and they took from all the good stuff and like even with Civil War which is probably one of my least favorite of uh, the movies I hated that comic arc so bad they even managed to clean that up and make it pretty good yeah I mean, they they're really good about cutting out the fat and a lot of the yes. stuff and condensing it which I would argue you can leave a bunch of fat in when it comes to books and comics and stuff and stuff that you read, especially when you have, you know, serials like this where it comes out monthly or weekly or biweekly, whatever. Right. Um, and a movie, a movie has to, has to condense it. Absolutely. And they, so far they've done such a good job of being like, this is what's good. Mm -hmm. This is what's a little too weird and less good. Right. And they pretty much took civil war they could not have used Civil War the way it had in the comics. That was impossible. I'm not no. even talking about the broad scope. Just even the story, they could not do it. So they took like a tiny piece of it. The whole thing about the about the uh, superhero registration. Mm -hmm. And they took that and molded it into what they were already working towards. 
Right. And it worked. Well, we also said that about, like, that's one of the reasons that Dark Phoenix has never really worked, right? Is because there's really, other than outside of the 90s cartoon, which, shockingly, nobody has figured out a way to condense that story and have it make sense and be compelling. Right? And so, but somehow the Marvel MCU managed to do that with all these stories that are equally as complex and complicated. And they managed to do it. And I feel as though, and we've also made this joke before, where I feel as though all of the movies that they've done, especially in phase, like, from the midpoint of phase two to the end of phase three, it felt like they were really testing the waters for weirdness. So things got a little weirder and more progressively weird. And then Guardians of the Galaxy was probably their first, like, foray into this is weird. People Mm -hmm. went nuts over it, right? So now I guess maybe they're like, okay, now we can bring in the multiverse multiverse because people are now comfortable with weird. Right. And I think also a lot of their Netflix shows, um, even though they really had nothing to do. Oh, God, right. With the Netflix shows, they really had nothing to do with, with anything that, that, that was going on. So that's probably what they were talking about. It wasn't like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but it was, you know. Right. That like, could be because those had nothing. Like Luke Cage and Daredevil and, and Punisher. Punisher. And uh, with the Defenders and Iron Fist and, you know, keep going. I think that in many ways was them, in addition to, in what? New Mutants. Oh, well, whatever. That was their way of kind of testing the waters of how well were these, you know, not lesser known. Because many people know Daredevil. If nothing else, they remember the Ben Affleck movie. Mm-hmm. Um, which I will argue is not that bad. I actually have a little soft spot for that movie. Oh my god. And it's probably because Kevin Smith was in it. And he was like so excited about being in this movie. But anyway. Um, people know someone about these characters like they'll they might know daredevil so i thought daredevil was the perfect way to kind of bring in that so then they go a little lesser known and bring in luke cage right and then jessica jones who i'd never heard of before and then uh the iron fist which if you know luke cage you already know the iron fist because they're they're best friends but this was a different kind of telling of the Iron Fist. And then they bring that all together with the Defenders. And they were kind of like, okay, so we take some of these lesser known, like the tier two characters of Marvel. And let's see how that did. And people really liked it. People really liked all of it. They, I mean, even people, a lot of people didn't like Iron Fist or the Defenders. Yeah. I actually did. Um, they said the Iron Fist moved too slowly and it, it did move slow, but I saw the reason behind it. I didn't hate it the way everybody else did. I think they wanted more action the way that all the other movies just kind of jumped right. into it. Anyway, so so when they were going into their phase four, they already had these plans for this. But they had to test the waters first and they saw those did well. So let's go not to tier two, but maybe tier three, tier four, which is why they're bringing in the Eternals. Um, Shang-Chi. What? There's some other ones on there. Anyway, just kind mm-hmm. of some, kind of some lesser, lesser known ones. Because I think, I forget, Madam and Larry who said this, who was saying that, you know, what it looks like is that, you know, because the first three phases of the MCU was all interconnected. You had to see all of it to get it. And yes. now phase four seems to be very much 
their own little things. And maybe that's because they've introduced the multiverse, so they're able to do that. I think so. And I think that takes some of the dependency off because I think, especially towards the end there, I would say with like probably the last five or six movies, there was always, there became this feeling that, well, I have to see this, which is not, and, and not like in a, oh, I gotta see that, like more of like a, okay, I have to see this because something's going to happen in it, right? And on one hand for Marvel, that was great because then everybody went and saw things like Ant-Man and the Wasp. Which they and might Black Panther, which right, which they might not have, they might not have seen otherwise, right. um, and yes, <laughs> like, yeah, that works great for them, but I, I think, I think people, and maybe this is just me, I, I should, I should, I shouldn't say that because I have seen other people writing articles about this online. Is that there's a little bit of fatigue. For that right where it's mm -hmm. like this is this movie just we have to see this because we want to be able to understand things eventually in another movie right and towards the end there it really did come down to well wait when did this happen oh that happened in this other movie oh right why mm -hmm. is this person here because this oh so i don't I, I think that for me i think that's why i'm so underwhelmed by phase four is i'm just i think i'm just kind of tired of the superheroes I can see, see that as well. I mean, I'm not tired of superheroes. I mean, I never felt like, oh, I have to go see this movie. I wanted to go see every single one. I was excited about Ant-Man, mainly because I was very curious, like, how are you guys going to do this? Because, you know, Hank Pym was a horrible person, right? I was right. really curious how they were going to handle that. Um, and, of course, after seeing that, I guess I was going to go see Ant-Man and the Wasp, but nothing else is for Chris Pena. Um, uh, yeah. Right? Mike Pena is amazing. <laughs> is Mike? said Chris, didn't I? There's too many Chris's. It's just easy just to... He's one it. of the non-Chris's. He's one of the non-Chris's? Okay. That actually narrows it down a little bit. Um, That's actually... <laughs> right? So I never really felt that way. And maybe it's also because um, you guys, your family, you are big movie buff people. You yes. guys like movies. And it's just... And it's your whole family, too. Yes. I, I don't have that. And I'm not that kind of a person either. So, you know, for many things, like, I would probably uh, still still be going to see those on my own and may not see anything else. Well, that's not true. I would see other things, but I would definitely still be seeing these even right. if I had a big movie buff family. But, you know, it's like when you and one of our other friends goes on and like, oh, we're going to go see this movie and this horror film and do this and that. I'm just like, yeah, I have no interest in, in any of that. And that's just, that's where 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 I sit. But if you do like all those movies, I could see you getting tired of this one particular niche when you like so much else. Right. And that's I think as much as I love the movies, I think it's it's kind of becoming like every time we go and see one of the Marvel movies, I feel as though increasingly it's like, oh it's like this, but right. And even though I'm a even though I'm enjoying so many of them, uh, there's just this this kind of sameness about them that, I don't know, and I get, maybe that is what it is, because I really do like going and seeing movies. I appreciate it as a, I'm using big air quotes here, because this is going to be the most pretentious thing I say all night, as an art form. Yeah, what's stuff that's new and different, and find me something, but yeah, find me something new. <laughs> I also, you know, for so long, like, you know, if we wanted superhero movies, we watched 1970s Superman. 
Right. You know, and at the time in 2008, when the first Iron Man came out, you know, we were all so blown away. We're like, oh my God, like... Oh my God, yes. Like a real superhero movie that's like really, really good that we're, you know, that we're not nervous about. So, um, and because we hadn't had that. And then, you know, mm-hmm. it took a few years in between to get get some of the others. And now it's sad to say I'm about to get super nerd snobby on here. It's like, it's cool that people know about this and people want to talk about it, but it's almost come so mainstream. It annoys the shit out of me. I find it very interesting that some of my sorority sisters who mocked me for watching the 90s X-Men cartoon are now all up in everything Marvel MCU. And like, I've always loved superhero movies. I'm like, wait, excuse me? What? Oh, no. I I know people who are really into them that I'm like, yeah, you were figuratively and maybe literally shoving people into lockers for this crap. So... Yeah, and all of a sudden, like, this is so amazing. Um, The way that I look at it is, and I've made this comment about Game of Thrones before, too, is, like, my mom knows who, like, all the Avengers are now. So, like, with Game of Thrones, my mom knows that Jon Snow knows nothing. She's never seen an episode of Game of Thrones, but that's just how pervasive it is with Marvel, right? So, like, every time one of the new Marvel movies would come out, like, in, in the beginning, with, like, the first few, when I would explain to her, like, oh, we're gonna go see a movie, it's a Marvel movie, oh, what's that? Who's this? Who, who is this person? Is this person, like, Superman? No, no, no. But then toward the end there, oh, are you going to see the new Thor movie? Are you going to see this? Right. Yeah, like, I think the one that I was, like, holy shit, was when she had called me and she was like, are you guys going to see Black Panther? Yeah? Like, <laughs> How do you know what a Black Panther is? Well, I mean, aside from the infamous seventies movement, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was actually that was maybe part of. She was like, "It's not tied to that, is it?" <laughs> it's also not tied to a literal cat. Kind of is. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. So, um, I'll remain I'll remain cautiously optimistic and see and like kind of read reviews and see if there's stuff. But I just. I'm not down for investing. If you think about it, because you mentioned 2008. And 11 years. Mm-hmm. Like the lady in Titanic. It's been 84 years. <laughs> it's been 11 years of this. 11 years of Robert Downey Jr.'s glorious visage. Um, yeah. I'm, I'd like to... Although, the pitch meetings, I think, when they were talking about, you know, Stan Lee be with you. <laughs> And, and also with you <laughs> and everything's now a franchise too right. I, and I think we've had this conversation before where I talk about how there's a lot of stories but like one of my favorite books that I read recently was called The Rook it has a sequel it's called Stiletto the story's done I'm not really by nature a big long series person I like to read one story and then it's done and I'm like oh that was lovely trilogies okay I can get down on a trilogy but once you start going into like four or five six like I'm out <laughs> let's just be done with the story I was like, I, and in a way and I'm like that too I like being done with stories mm-hmm. and yet I'm still reading like X-Men comics but it's a whole different story there so when Endgame ended it ends it ends at Iron Man's funeral that's when it ends yes it ends right at his funeral so at that point when the movie ends that's when it ends that's, that, is, was it, that is when it ends mm-hmm. um yeah. That's it. You know, this is kind of like, we've really saved the world from 
every possible thing. And I was kind of fine with the ending. Like, I was cool with, yes, but I would like a Black Panther 2 movie because I'd like to see more of, like, what Wakanda is going to do. And I would like a Doctor Strange 2 movie because you could always do stuff about the mystic arts. There's that whole other realm that, that he works with. Like, it's just kind of one-offs, you know, every now and then. But as a whole, like, it's it's over. It's kind of nice that it's got an ending. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, and, uh, yeah, I agree. I guess I, again, I'll see. But nothing, and I don't want to subscribe to another streaming service to watch TV shows. Yeah, I'm kind of, like, and the only one that kills me is the WandaVision thing because I was rooting so hard for that couple. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, we'll see. But, so, I guess you could say I'm breaking up with the MCU. As we transition into what we're reading, because you have not broken up with Marvel. I, though, have to get this off my chest. It's wonderful. Um, I broke up with Justice League Dark. <laughs> and this was really and funny. And in style. <laughs> oh, my God. So I am on vacation. I'm on a beach in another country. And I was like, I'm not going to read any of my comics. I brought a book with me, one of my Warhammer books. So I was like, I'm not going to read any comics. And Larry, our dear friend, DM'd me, or I think he put onto the our comic book yeah. chat. It was like, oh, Jen Bozier's going to love this one. This is the Justice League Dark that's going to make her love it. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was in the main chat. Yeah. So I was like, well, let's praise like that. I got to read this because it was a Justice League annual. So I rush and I download it. And I'm sitting by a pool drinking a beer and I'm like, ah, oh, it's gonna be so great. I'm so excited. It's... You thought. I felt so bad because then I was like, Larry, you you don't even know me as a person. Are we even friends? <laughs> you you know nothing about me. Um, because I got seen that and just raged. I don't even know where to start. So I got back onto our chat. It was like, Larry, I want you to witness this. So I waited for him because you know, this big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Waited for him to get on. And I was like, I am unsubscribing as we speak. And I unsubscribed. And he was actually shocked. I ain't even mad. I don't, I don't know why. So the Parliament of Trees has been killed. It's killed. Um, oh. And it actually, the Parliament of the Trees it kind of got killed with Cersei's bullshit and she created the Parliament of Flowers. And now there's the Parliament of Flowers and it's looking for its avatar and Swamp Thing does and doesn't have avatar of the green powers because, and they brought back Jason Woodrow, AKA Floronic Man. And the only reason I can think that they did is because he's in the TV show right now, played by the flawless Kevin Durant. Um, he's a character. Not to be confused with Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah. I totally just Frenched his name. Well, it's because it takes place in Louisiana. So, no, no. I'm just, well, Kevin Durant, the basketball player. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Correct. Correct. Um, love him. Um, but he, uh, that's the only reason I can think that they brought it in, maybe. So they're like, oh, yeah, this guy. He's a douche. So the whole issue just really bothered me because they create this avatar of the, for the, parliament of flowers just for jason woodrow to like kill him and try to use him and i feel better y'all like a weight lifted from my chest 
I really, I really wanted to be there for Larry and emotionally support him through this challenging time. And you kind of wanted to see how it ended. I really did. Again, it was the train wreck. It was the train wreck where I was like, well, I can't turn away from this. <laughs> how much worse can it get? Oh, challenge accepted. Yeah. The annual was just like the middle finger <laughs> to every Swamp Thing fan. I'm, maybe there's other people. We'll talk more about that in a bit here. But, um, so, has Hickman descended from the heavens to save the X-Men? Well. <laughs> oh, dear. It's complicated. It is complicated. It's very complicated. It's the X-Men. <laughs> so, like we said, it's been, uh a month as podcasted and so since then there has been four issues of hickman's new x-men two house of x and two powers of x they've been releasing every every week one a week does everything make sense now that they tie it all together just shut up so oh. house of x starts where everyone's Somewhere else. It's called Krakoa. And I can't tell if it's on the planet or not. Um, maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. They kind of go through a siege perilous to get to it. Um, and they're all there. And Professor X is there. And he's sporting this gigantic cerebro helmet that covers pretty much his whole face over his nose and mouth. And they're bringing in mutants as they detect them and just kind of give them a safe haven. Uh, they're trying to get recognized as their own, I guess, country type thing. I... The weirdest part, though, was the very beginning with Scott standing in front of cocoons. And oh, I remember you guys talking about this. Watching mutants being born from these cocoons and he takes them on like this is just how it's always been. And I just kind of going, I don't understand what the hell is going on? But this is number one of five. That's just the House of X. So maybe Powers of X will be better. So Powers of X goes into shit I don't care about. Where, yeah. So it starts off, it calls it X-Men Year Zero. And I guess it's like when Professor X first brings X-Men. Then he goes to X-Men Year 10. X-Men Year 100. X-Men Year 1000. Well, you know what? I don't give a shit. So it's basically showing like all these futures that they're trying to prevent and all these mutants that will be in the future. Like, I guess either Magic has a daughter or uh, Colossus has a daughter or maybe it's just a distant relative, granddaughter, great, 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 whatever. Um, only thing I know is that because Wolverine is still there because... Of course he is, and you're X-Men 100, and he calls her Rasputin. And there's a, a Nightcrawler-like character there, but he's bright red, so some descendant maybe of Nightcrawler. Oh, wait, are they going with, uh, what's his name? The guy they imply is his dad in the oh, movie? Oh, Mephisto? Yes. It looks kind of like him, yes. Is that him? Yeah. I am having, like, I can't think of any character names tonight. I, I I can't either, but I'm pretty sure it was it was it was Mephisto. It was um one of the famous names for 
different demons or devils across various literature, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's Azazel. It's who they have him in the movie. Ahead of okay, well, I'm going off of, like, yeah, yeah. The, the comic. Totally. None it, of this shit makes sense. It's not Mephisto. Maybe it's Mephistopheles. That's well, the same person. Anyway. <sighs> but then I get to the second House of X. And it starts with uh, Moya, Moira McTaggart. Because she's always kind of had an interesting tie to this whole thing. Right. And basically what it's saying is that she has always been a mutant. Which was always the case that she was not. She was a researcher. Was her mutant power research? Oh, her mutant power is reincarnation. And not only reincarnation, but when she is born, she remembers her entire past life. Okay. And the thing is that it's not reincarnation as in she's born as somebody else. It's like she re it's like a do-over. Boy, you'd think that there would be some really awkward conversations with her over the years then, or like maybe she would have mentioned that. Well, what they do or is this her first death. No. She is on her tenth life. Uh, Destiny and Mystique told her around her fourth life that she only has 11 lives to total. So she has to choose if she's going to destroy mutant kind or save it. So in all of her lives, she's chosen different things to try to, to saving mankind. And what they've done with this in a way, I have to say, is kind of brilliant because they're using it as a way to explain all the reboots of X-Men in the past. Oh, boy. So this is a... That explains this 100% fresh start. Where this is. So, which makes me think that Gambit and Rogue are not still married, and I might have to fucking riot in the streets. God. Please don't. Oh, I, I, I might... I might, they, they, neither one of them have been in this yet, but you know, I have no idea like how this is all fitting in together. What I can tell is that House of X and Powers of X are building this new world, explaining the reboot. And Powers of X has gone into what they're working towards to prevent that future. With X-Men 1000. Okay. I gotta be honest, I skimmed it because I really stopped caring. Yeah, it's just, you know, I, I mean, it's early. I mean, it is early. We're only two issues in on each one, although they are five issues series each. So kind of need to move it along here. Right. If it was going to make sense. Like I, I, I did like the thing with Moira, Moira Metagart because it, and many, he actually kind of bound it in a way where it makes sense. And the cool thing is, is that in the back of the comic, he actually has a timeline for all 10 of her lives. So you can see exactly different timelines when certain stories, when the reboots happened. Well, that's kind of neat, actually. Yeah, so it was kind of a neat, neat way to bring it, bring it all together. And it shows like each time when she died. Because mm -hmm. she has, like most mutants... She's died several times and has always come back. Well, now it's not like she's come back. It's just that there was a do-over. Gotcha. 
So, so okay. Destiny Mystique have told her that reason why she's only going to have 11 cycles is because the 11th one, she's going to die before her mutant powers take effect. Okay. Yeah. Guess I'd do my best not to die. But anyway. Um, or at least, you know, die. Well, then, then it's almost like, what's the point? <laughs> you know? Right. It doesn't matter. So anyway, I guess I shouldn't get into that. I was liking that until I just talked myself out of it. Thank you, Hickman. So, right. So, yes. So, so far, I'm not seeing how Hickman is saving the X-Men. But I am seeing a lot of people very excited about it. You know, yes. So all the buzz I've seen about this is people just being like, this is going to be awesome. And I had to go back and check. Actually, I think it was when you and I were talking. I remember we were talking about sometime this week. But you were saying that you were like, oh, there's only been like two issues. And I was like, then why is everybody getting going crazy over this? But. Oh, I think it was because of the Moyer Metagart issue because it that could be you know bitches love timelines you when you show that there's reincarnation that's why all this is so different every single time well okay now that makes sense it makes sense why there's different um you know characters so in a way like i'm not sad that they're kind of like saying that everything that happens like with nathan or nate gray recently with ex jesus like that's all been kind of like that's why that's that doesn't count because we're we're doing this. Or was that part of the tenth life? You know, I don't know at right. at this point. I just know that they have because uh -oh. I mean because it it would make sense because Professor X has been gone for a while. Mm -hmm. Except that you you know what I I shouldn't delve into this too much because I'm going to give myself a headache, like with Probably. like with the whole. Uh, end game yeah it's best just not to think about it just turn your brain off sir but i want to think about it because i have questions like i want to know what part of that was was that part of moira's 10th life or was that part of her ninth life and now this 10th life has started and we're wiping everything clean and this is a right. complete start over so that means and i'm going back to this but Rogue and Gambit are not together. But at the same time, I know a future comic series that's coming out is going to be about um, Psylocke as the new Captain Britain because she's got her English body back. So... Well, but again, we've already said that they keep saying that they're going to... It was like when they killed Wolverine. Remember when they were like, oh, we're killing Wolverine, legit sees this time. Except for like these three series. We won't do it there. And... um they always do this, right? Where they're like, okay, we're going to fix it. It's going to be one timeline. Except for like these six series. So I'm sure there's going to be some stuff. Because there's just some stuff that they just cannot collapse up into one another. It's just so going to depend on what they're saying is this current 10th life of right. Moira's. Yeah, that could be. And maybe they are, maybe in this 10th life, they just decided to keep them together. And that's going to be their built-in excuse for like literally everything. Um, I don't know. I got no answers on that one. And, you know, Hickman will have answers as long as he doesn't get bored with the project. She's not bitter or anything, folks. Not even about Black Monday Murders. It's East of West at this point. Um, yeah. 
So, while you're trying to figure out the X-Men on vacation, after I read Justice League Dark, I need to turn the taste out of my mouth, I finally decided to catch up on Monstrous. Um, I was six, seven issues behind. Um, I'm so glad I did, you guys. <laughs> so good. Um, one of my big complaints about Monstrous was that for probably the first, I don't know, 15 or 16 issues, um, Maika wasn't really Maika wasn't changing, really. She, it, you know, like one of those stories, and it worked for Deadpool, the movie, um, where the character goes through all these events and they have all this stuff happen, but they don't really have a character arc. Mm -hmm. She kept beginning and ending in the same place. And they still are kind of trying to waffle with her staying in the same place, but she is finally showing like some actual character growth where she actually like maybe understands and cares a little bit about mm -hmm. other people. I'm a little nervous because so one of the things that's been really interesting about Monstrous is that the series stars all women by and large. There are a few male characters here and there, but they're pretty inconsequential. It's predominantly a female. And now they've brought her father into the mix and a couple of other dudes. And they are overtly not nice people. And it it feels a little weird because I had been in this one area where, you know, where you're used to like not having something and then all of a sudden it shows up and mm -hmm. it feels a little heavy-handed in terms of characterization. So I was just a little, I, know, I was a little shocked by that. Um, but the artwork remains beautiful. The artwork in this series is so beautiful. And I like where the overall plot's going. I like that Ren has been working for the father the whole time. Can't trust a cat ever. Um, and I like that they're trying to give the little fox some kind of powers too um there's a lot going on that i really like with it the biggest question that i have right now is that um and again i'm so bad with names i'm drawing a total blank tonight but uh micah's lover this girl from her past mm -hmm. it looks like maybe she was like semi-evil the whole time and was just using micah which would be so sad and awful. <laughs> you know, I would be like, oh no. <laughs> it's like the thing that's been keeping her going as she narrates in her head. She's like, oh my God, you wouldn't even believe what's going on right now. And can I even do this? Do I have the strength for this? Because it's like the strength that's keeping her going. Meanwhile, that woman has a whole other life of her own. And it's revealed that maybe she wasn't the nicest person. No. So I'm like, oh no. But I love it. I just, the artwork and the series remains stunning and my favorite thing about the series that they do is that cats are like historians and philosophers and stuff like that so every now and then when they kind of need to catch you up on some lore that's going to be important for next issue they'll have like this excerpt from professor tam tam and it's a cat narrating to all these kittens like here's the story and it's great because obviously since they're cats it's all told very cat centric mm-hmm literally the most important people in the stories are cats. So they're like, oh, the people were doing this. But that didn't really matter because the cats were here and the cats knew this was a bad idea. It's delightful. So if you're into cats and they, uh, Ren is what they call a necromancer. 
N E K O, like cat. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. I love it. And uh, it's just, it's such a great series. It did, it took me a little while to want to get into it, but then once I like finally was like, okay, I just got to commit with the fact that Maika is not going to be a really nice character for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I was rewarded. So I, it's it's the series that now, like when people are like, what's a really good comic series to pick up? I'm like, monstrous. Just pick up the thing. Um, so if Drew, if you're listening to this, yes, dear. Because um, he was always like, read monstrous. And I was like, ah, yeah, okay, I'll get there. And then I started reading it. It was like, ah. no, I'm 100% on board now. Totally on board. So yay, it happened. Um, and then finally, this week, you had Flash. Yeah, so the uh, whole... Uh, year one, remember when this happened? Yeah, yeah. Arc ended, and I don't really know what the point of it was. Maybe I need to reread the whole thing. Because I don't really know what Flash learned. But, anyway. So, but he's now back in the present time, and I honestly don't remember what he was doing (laughs) before all this happened. So I was talking about how he's, like, trying to, to, uh, you know, he's going to try to get some of like the flash family kind of back together and um and it's and they're all like but you did this and it's like this this happened in flash number i'm like huh i might need to go back and read like what was going on before he decided to take the trip down memory lane that lasted like three months right but it's a it's part of this one is part of the year of the villain with dc so this was actually heat wave and captain cold teaming up to bring the rogues back together so you had that going on you have flash trying to basically get the other two flashes wally and wally and avery to talk to him um and then like he brought him he's like we have a new secret lair and uh, it's kind of cool because actually in the flash museum that he helped rebuild and you have to phase through the walls (laughs) to get to it so but somehow Commander Cold from the future is, is in there because he's helping. Hey, maybe he has his own secret way of getting in. I don't know. Okay, then. But he was just basically like, this is like our lair. <laughs> and they're like, okay, this could be cool. Uh, but, but I mean, Flash is, uh, he's smiling and he seems happy again. And he's making jokes again. So maybe this is a good sign. I'm getting hope. This would be good. It would be good. Especially since a black flash showed up at the end, which, you know, means that a speedster is going to die. Right. But he's not here for the speedsters. He's out to kill all the forces that have come out into the world. And I'm kind of like, is that really a bad thing? <laughs> not really. Like, that wouldn't be bad. That, like, you can let him just go. Like, that, that's cool. <laughs> I mean, no one can outrun him anyway. But... So that's kind of where we are with the Flash. Mm-hmm. Basically means I need to go back and reread and refresh the memory. And that is what happens when you suddenly do sub-arcs into the past in the middle of a current arc. Yes. Amen. You forget things. Yes. Yes, you do. So the final thing on my list is kind of a cheat. Cause it's, not a, it's not something I'm reading. It's actually something I was watching. I Swamp Thing came to an end, the TV show. I am so upset, you guys. <laughs> we got to the end and I like almost started crying. So I was like, oh, somebody needs to rescue this. It's so good. 
they do such a good job with it and i need to binge it jake Busey shows up for like five minutes all right sure to be jake Busey. why not well he showed up and i was like that's kind of random and then he goes away and you're like that's even more random but it's done so well and they've captured the essence of what makes swamp thing swamp thing and i finally have made peace with the girl playing abby arcane um and I just like all the other characters who are around her and everybody else around her is doing such a good job and everything they have they have the mood of it they have the horror um which is more like again like the kind of body horror more than anything mm -hmm. but it's just this kind of more foreboding the biggest claim to fame they have and I have to look up and see what his character's name is because I just anyways hopefully it's Actually, don't hold, please. But so this is the most random thing is that out of friggin' nowhere, Ian Zuring shows up. And if you're saying to yourself, like the guy from 90210, I'm saying like the guy from Sharknado. From 90210. <laughs> and the soon to come zombie tsunami. Yes, that too. Um, so, but for me, in my mind, right, he's forever the kid from 90210. <laughs> so he randomly shows up in this show and at first i was very skeptical because he plays daniel cassidy aka the blue devil i have never liked the blue devil this character really um he shows up in the beginning of this justice league dark and i think that was the reason so like when he first shows up and he like they were like cassidy i was like oh god damn it <laughs> <laughs> the justice league dark series and i hate oh i hated what they did with it so badly he's good and so i made my husband watch this with me and at one point like halfway through the series he was just like this show is actually pretty good and at the end he was like that was actually a really good show but i think it was like the third or fourth time that ian Deering shows up my husband was like i like the hell out of this guy he's doing great <laughs> i was like i know so like i actually managed to care about the blue devil because they did a really good job with that and they just there's so much about it oh and by the way um what's her name jennifer beals yes from flash dance okay it's still fabulous okay i would like 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 to look as good as she does now like let alone when i'm her age she looks amazing um better than virginia madsen go ahead and throw that out there but everybody in the show is just doing such a good job i somebody needs to rescue this show please don't make it another firefly where you're like this one series or constantine like this one season was really amazing and then they just axed it so if you have dcu go binge the thing if you're like i don't know if i want to get into dcu you have titans Starts out rough, latter half of it's great. Doom Patrol, which is pretty much great from start to finish. Swamp Thing, which is really good. There's three sh three pretty compelling shows right now on the service. And the new season of Titans is And coming. the new season of Titans is about to start, which the trailer looks amazing. I I'm still excited. haven't watched it. Don't go watch the thing. I, I got so much... It's not even a minute of your time, woman. I get it. 
<laughs> so, but I forget. It, oh my goodness! I'm just gonna like pester you. Um, Shit. She will do it too. I will. I will. Um, or I'll just like start dropping spoilers to like something that you care about. Um, <laughs> my ransom again. So, yeah, heartbroken. Heartbroken. Watch the thing. But do you want to take us out, Carrie? I sure will. So thanks so much for listening to Yelling About Comics. This has been episode number 58. Uh, So we will be back in two weeks. That I can promise. No more vacations. Uh, At least not that I know of, anyway. Mm -mm. So we will be be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, We'll have hopefully more comics to read. Uh, We keep losing series, so... (laughs) It's been kind of, kind of a stretch, but we're we're working on that. I promise. So, but you can follow. Uh, you can also always listen to this podcast on our website at yellingaboutcomics.com. You can follow us on Twitter at yellaboutcomics, and we're on Facebook at yellingaboutcomics. You can also find this podcast on iTunes. Uh, actually, it's not called iTunes anymore. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. At least one of them kept their name. <laughs> But if you like this podcast at all, please, uh, please leave us a review on one of wherever you listen to this. And, and of course, subscribe. And as always, I'm just going to say good night and good luck. And watch something. I wish.